Hi, welcome to another episode of Elephant Out the Room. This time, it's back again with Mr. Patrick Burton. <laughs> Hello there, everyone. How are you doing? But as with my previous episode, we were in a studio and me and Pat are now in the studio as well. It's, it's very exciting, isn't it? How does it feel to be in a... It feels a little scary. I don't feel <laughs> as comfortable, I have to say, but I think the sound quality will be a lot better. Yeah, push yourself out of the comfort zone and... Yeah. Uh, You'll, you'll produce even better content. For the the headphones are a bit big as well. They don't <laughs> quite fit on my I wouldn't openly say that one. It just <laughs> but so we're going to talk about... We're going to do a nice little short segment here about Halloween. Not not specifically about <laughs> Halloween. More more about the, the, the films. Yeah. Um, and the kind of... Because we've spoken about horror films before, but looking at more, more Halloween films and... Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to give a few recommendations of good halloween films not necessarily scary films but ones that invoke the spirit of halloween and more specifically about halloween itself great and this obviously will be released a few days before halloween so it can give our listeners a little bit of an inspiration to to put one on yeah but before we before we go into that could you just tell me (laughs) a bit of a curveball what does halloween mean to you like is it kind of do you enjoy that the weekend do you celebrate much yeah, I think Halloween isn't really celebrated as much as it is in the States, which I've always been a bit miffed by, because I think it's a really fun time of the year. I always like view it as like a very autumnal thing, like the decorations. Me and my family used to put on Halloween parties and always decorate the house for trick-or-treaters. Yeah, I've just got a lot of fun memories of Halloween parties, going trick-or-treating, dressing up. Yeah. Can you think of your best costume? I once went as the werewolf from Michael Jackson's thriller. So like a combination of the two, which is a bit worrying yeah. knowing some things about Michael Jackson now. <laughs> to be honest, I think it would have been scarier going as Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. a little nine-year-old Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I've kind of, I think one time I dressed up as a carrot. <laughs> and carrot. that yeah <laughs> it seemed to go down pretty well to be honest <laughs> it's quite unexpected they probably thought you like a vertical pumpkin yeah <laughs> fair yeah um but i've never i've never fully gone gone crazy i think i've dressed up a few times um again it is more of a an american tradition that we've adopted which isn't necessarily a bad thing but i just haven't really i've been to a few nights out during halloween but nothing yeah. too too big and also trick-or-treating it's not something that was done in kind of i don't know my area that often really yeah especially yeah. the last few years i haven't really seen it being yeah, it's popular. quite popular in sheffield i think you just really choose the houses that have a pumpkin outside so just like one element of decoration and you know they'll probably give you sweets <laughs> do you still do that now even if it's not halloween just go around asking for sweets <laughs> <laughs> been the last time i was like 12 so it's still quite old, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. Without further ado, we're going to go into your kind of favourite Halloween films, the ones that you recommended. Yeah. So, if you want to kick things off, so the most Halloweeny of Halloween films is probably a film called Trick or Treat from two thousand and seven, directed by Michael Doherty, and it's just about kind of four interwoven stories that occur on Halloween night, and how they all kind of tie into each other at the end. So it's quite episodic, which sometimes doesn't work for people because if one of the short stories doesn't appeal to you, then that whole part of the film is wasted. Is it short stories that ultimately connect? Yeah, yeah. they do. But 
in the moment they feel like like totally separable stories which is a lot of fun actually because you get to jump between different characters and like aspects of halloween okay and is there any particular uh director or cast that uh, as of note or is it quite a low low brow film uh there's a few notable actors i think anna paquin's in it mm. and a few names that might be on your radar but more people you'll see in the film and go yeah i know them from something do you, this is a bit of a kind of a relevant question but obviously with christmas films it well, it feels a bit different because christmas seems to last a whole month and there is an abundance of christmas songs and christmas films halloween is nowhere near that kind of celebration but yeah, definitely do, do you think that some films do hold that title of being a halloween film uh, like it, trick or treat i can't think of too many it's more like people projecting Halloween onto films. Like a lot of Tim Burton films, people kind of feel like they're Halloween-y without them being like distinctly about Halloween. Because you were talking about um, watching... I mean, I've seen Corpse Bride and you were talking about watching Coraline around Halloween because that's kind of a similar... Yeah, Coraline's one of those films where it's not a Halloween film, but I think a lot of people resemble it with the season. Yeah, because it's kind of like that creepy, spooky, gothic nature, and it's more those elements that play into Halloween rather than it being this is on Halloween night. Yeah, of course. But Trick or Treat is one of those just Halloweeny Halloween films. <laughs> Say it, Halloweeny. It's, it's littered with like decorations and pumpkins. What is your rating out of ten? Uh, I'd probably give it an eight, but I haven't seen it in a while. There's a very uh, iconic killer in it called, like... It's like this little kid in, like, a potato sack. <laughs> What's he I called? think I might have seen a yeah, picture of him. Yeah, it's a very iconic, like, image. Very good Halloween costume. Okay. What's he called? Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. He, he's he got a thing over his head. Yeah. Yeah. So, I Pretty can just... Pretty scary. Yeah, I can just say the four, like, synopsises of the stories. Yeah. One of them is an everyday high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. Another one is a college virgin might have just met the one guy for her. So like that typical losing your virginity around Halloween. (laughs) Uh, Another one is a group of teenagers pull a mean prank. And another one is a bitter old recluse receives an uninvited guest. So all of those are kind of vague, but yeah, a lot of mystery and intrigue. Well, I like that idea of... Uh, having different synopsis or different like narratives but then all forming together i can't think of many films that explore that theme yeah i'm trying to think of some Uh, could you argue that some disaster movies do that even well even uh there's a film called 2012 they kind of follow different yeah it's not the same thing because that's like still part of one whole yes narrative that's true yeah but yeah i got what you mean like jumping between characters yeah so that was Trick or Treat, everyone, with an 8 out of 10 rating. Uh, definitely sounds like it's worth a watch. I've not watched it myself. Released in 2007, so... It is a horror film as well. I oh, don't okay. think I made that yeah. <laughs> quite clear. <laughs> it is quite a scary, ga- graphic, gory film. Okay. Not for everyone. <laughs> so, moving on to your second recommendation. My second one's a bit of a weird one. Is Hotel Transylvania which is an animated film starring Adam Sandler. Okay. 
I'm not a massive Adam Sandler fan, but I think he works in this film mostly because he's not actually there. It's just his voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's, quite, he's good when he's not there. <laughs> he's quite a talented voice actor. And it's not a great film, but it always puts a smile on my face. I resemble it with Halloween. Basically, monsters create this big like resort hidden away from the human world where all these iconic movie monsters come together at one part of the year and just enjoy themselves. Enjoy stuff like bingo <laughs> and <laughs> swimming and dancing and it's just fun. Is it one of those films where they have like a... Uh, I'm trying to think of an example, but it's a lot of animated films where you have a group of... Like, you have dinosaurs, but then you put them into a different kind of culture. Yeah, and, it's and... just like one of those kind of basic concepts. Like, what if monsters had a hotel? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that sounds quite interesting. Yeah, what's is... the animation... Um, what's the uh, company that produced that? Uh, I think it might be Sony. Sony, yeah, it looks yeah. like Sony. Sony don't often put out great films, but... It's a solid film, nonetheless. Yeah, if you keep producing them, you're gonna you're bound to have one. Yeah, there's a nice romance in it, and I think it's a good film for kids. Hmm. Like if you show your child this film around Halloween, they'll remember it from years to come. So it's good to obviously uh, have <laughs> make clear differences between the two. So we're gonna yeah. there seems to be a list of all right, not for kids horror <laughs> films, and this what you know here to Transylvania. You should probably read about them. Yeah, a bit before you watch them, because just to like have a bit of viewer discretion yeah and i've actually just googled this it's um don't you feel aware but there's hotel transylvania 2 and 3 yeah i haven't seen those but i kind of want to check them out hmm i mean it's probably not going to be shrek 2 for example which is no pretty incredible it might dip in quality but still yeah i think the director of the films is quite a talented animation like person yeah like he made the series samurai jack and the animation often is quite inspired like there's a lot of movement and fluidity to it which gives it a bit more of an edge like there's a lot of great slapstick and comedy and you can have a second to think about this but because it's a difficult question is there if a director was particularly experienced and very good at producing animated films do you think he could replicate that into and i don't want to say normal films but kind of real life with with real actors is there much of a distinction between uh, the two there's not much of a crossover okay. but the most notable director i can think of is brad bird who we talked about on the pixar podcast because he's obviously made the incredibles and ratatouille and the iron giant but he's also made mission impossible ghost protocol and i think you can see his like influence from animation because the film is quite like expressive and the way the camera moves it's quite similar to animated films. Yeah. So, so you can definitely, you can watch both and, and think, yeah. oh, I see similarities. I think in the, the process of making a live action film and animated film is so different because animated films are dragged across a long process, involve so many more people in which the director is just kind of trying to rein it all in rather than just giving his personal like style. And obviously with films that receive awards or particularly get attention, and not from you know film film critics film intellectuals like yourself but <laughs> from the general public um films that win awards or films that are good most people tend to focus on the actors involved or maybe even the the director possibly the 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 person who uh, the composer for the music yeah but with animated films it seems less of a uh this film is great because of it just seems this film is great i, I don't know 
if you think who because it's such a big team there's no one that specifically gets the yeah credit. it's more of like a product mm. of a, like a collaboration of people rather than what we'd call the auteur theory which is a single person having a vision which is up for debate anyway but like we can look at people like stanley kubrick and he'd be an auteur he's like the singular creative voice which goes throughout the entire film but with animation people barely know the directors anyway because mm. it's seen as like a product of the studio as you said so many people involved that you just kind of view it as a single entity rather than made by creative individuals yeah that's so true that's why when we were talking about pixar i i only watch films based on the fact that they were made by pixar yeah. nothing else kind of jumps out yeah and the most i know about hotel transylvania is like it's made by sony some noble actors but i don't even know who the director's called yeah there we go so moving on to your third recommendation please my third recommendation is the adams family films which is a difficult one because i haven't seen them in years and years but i was just thinking about them the other day and i'm quite fancy watching them around halloween time myself is this the this isn't the animated version that's oh, definitely come out. not no. this is the the original ones from the 90s Okay. Yeah, and I think it's again they're not distinctly Halloweeny, but they invoke that kind of feel of Halloween, the gothic nature. Yeah, and a great cast with what? Christopher Lloyd. For for me, I I've never I've obviously heard of it. I've actually never seen either versions of the films. Do you know? Is it just kind of based on a a family? Is there anything particularly? Yeah, it's just happens? really following the family. And how they interact with each other, the rivalries between like the kids. I think she's called Wednesday and Dudley. I really can't remember them too well, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited to watch them around Halloween. Yeah, and this is kind of a again a more like family friendly Yeah. Film. More family friendly. And I've got fun memories of it because my parents actually dressed up as two of the <laughs> characters from the film. My dad dressed up as Christopher Lloyd's character, what's he called? He's called Uncle Fester. Nice. Yeah. So I've got a picture of them dressed up as characters from there. Hmm. That's cool. And then you mentioned uh, the animated films then as well. Is there a <laughs> bit of a difference? I haven't seen them. I have got no interest in seeing them. I don't think they're very well received. Again, just another cash grab yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, quite ugly animation by the looks of it. <laughs> doesn't quite capture the well as with a lot of remakes of like 80s or 90s films it doesn't quite capture the timing or the what made the film popular yeah in the first place so there we go that's another one that could probably fit into with hotel transylvania you could do like a back-to-back -back there for yeah i'll continue that trend with my next recommendation hocus pocus nice which is a great family film disney film and one that i've watched quite a lot because it used to be at my grandma's house, and me and my sister used to watch it over and over. Yeah, this very cheesy 90s fair. Great cast of witches with Bed Midler as the lead. Yeah. Yeah, and this is set at Halloween night with a lot of iconography, like the pumpkins and the costumes, Halloween parties, and it's like a curse that needs to be unbroken, I think. Okay. Again, I haven't seen it for years, but yeah. I'm looking forward to watching it again. Is there, is there a gap in the market for film for witches witches <laughs> in films you don't i mean wizard of oz sticks out yeah i can't think of too many mm. normally witches are a bit 
Seems a bit campy, a bit cheesy. Yeah. Not really too scary. I can think of The Witch by Robert Eggers, which is a more serious take and a very scary take on witches. I can think of Kiki's Delivery Service, which is a cuter take, an animated film by Studio Ghibli. Can't think of too many more. Well, you've got the uh, the Wicked Witch of the West, which was pretty. She was pretty scary yes. in the uh, in the Narnia films. Oh yeah, the well, Ice Witch. The Ice Witch. Maybe well, that's she wasn't not called that. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> that was her stage name. But no, she was. Uh, yeah, she was pretty scary in that in the Narnia film that came mm. out about fifteen years ago. But yeah, no, I haven't seen Hocus Pocus or. Oh, to be honest, the last three films that you've mentioned, they all sound... I've heard of them all. Yeah. It'd be good to watch them around Halloween. All very, like, inclusive. Like, everyone can watch them and have a good time. And Hocus Pocus is an interesting one, because I'm not sure... I'd like to revisit it, because I don't know how much people enjoy out of nostalgia, or if it's actually a good film. Because I know a lot of people my age who used to watch as a little kid and now love the film, and I wonder how much is it that they just have a fond memory of it, or if it's actually a well-made, interesting film. Yeah, and th- you can probably see that a lot of the time when you have, when like your parents show you films that they watch when they're a child, and some of them are really good, some of them are classics, but then a lot of it seems to also be nostalgia films, and I can feel that that's happening to yeah. us over Nostalgia's the next Nostalgia is a really interesting aspect of film, because it can influence your opinion on... Not so great films often the time. Yeah, like so a lot of be... animated films I used to watch as a kid. I love now still, even though objectively they might not be very good. Yeah, and obviously nostalgia seems to be in different forms. For example, when I'm showing you the comedies, they I was watching lots of American comedies, particularly with Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, James Franco, around kind of the age of fourteen, fifteen, yeah. sixteen, and th- yeah, that was my favorite genre to watch at the time. When I've shown you again, shown you that in the last year, films like uh, Due Date or Step Brothers. <laughs> now, these aren't necessarily... They're not terrible films. People like uh... Step Brothers. <laughs> as, as a comedy, I think yeah. it's rated... It's not awful, basically. It's mm. like an okay comedy. But revisiting them, it's a shame because they don't hold up to anywhere near as good as I remember. And I don't... Obviously, you think of nostalgia, you think of when you were a child, but kind of teens as well i think that can be a different yeah. form of it and uh, yeah i hadn't seen those comedy films before and i didn't have that nostalgia or fond memories relate to them so i was like viewing them more objectively and i think i disliked them a lot more <laughs> than you did yeah it, yeah films are a lot a lot about memories and like what personal part of your life you have connected to them uh, element we call spectatorship okay and that's why, yeah, Disney, Disney and Pixar kind of always hold a close yeah, match with a lot of people. So have you got any more Halloween recommendations? Well, I can recommend more serious, like, actual scary films, which are not necessarily Halloween-y. But if you've got a stomach for gore or more serious subject matter and want a good scare, they might work for you. Uh, one of them is I Saw the Devil, which <laughs> is a South Korean horror film. Which I'm trying to get Alex to see eventually. It feels like when we kind I'll of... try and not <laughs> not let him see because it might disturb him. Greatly. Yeah, I, I mean I've been disturbed by a number of films that have left kind of a mark on me. I think one being Human Centipede, Clockwork Orange, and Hostel. Those are the three I could think of um, right now. So 
it, it sounds like I saw the devil is uh, it sounds like they're taming comparison so I'm, that's why I'm a bit nervous about yeah seeing this I saw the devil as different gravy so you think it's probably the the, the goriest film you've ever seen? it's not necessarily like the gore like it's more how the gore is presented okay because like with some of the torture porn films you've mentioned and like zombie films like World War Z where there's a lot of blood it's presented in like a kind of campy enjoyable way. But I saw the devil from twenty ten. It's it's a lot more somber and like disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> like the way the violence is presented is quite realistic, and it just kind of makes you feel dirty and uncomfortable. <laughs> and that would be perfect for Halloween. Yeah, it's a really good dynamic though between this serial killer and a cop who's trying to like track him down. And instead of just killing him, every time he tracks him down, he kind of like injures him or hurts the serial killer and then leaves him and then comes back to him like a while later and hurts him again just to get the revenge for something that he did in the past. That's pretty dark. And it's pretty messed up. Yeah. But it's like incredible filmmaking. Okay. And if you've got a stomach for it, check it out. (laughs) Yeah, if you have a few drinks especially, that might be the... Don't eat while watching it as well. (laughs) Especially not meat. Patrick Burton disclaimer. I wanted to mention a film that we watched last night, which is a horror film. It's a classic, but it also definitely should be watched around Halloween. And it is the A Nightmare on Elm Street. Now this is, uh, you've probably heard of it. It's a Wes Craven film and it contains the villain Freddy Krueger, who I'd heard of growing up, was very aware of, but I'd never seen him in a film. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that Freddy Krueger is in other films? Or... Uh, well, there's a, there's loads of Nightmare on Elm Street films. Oh, okay. I think there's five or six. Wow, okay. And there's a remake as well from like 2010, I think. Yeah, okay. So, it's, you know, as with everything, it's been milked. Yeah, it's been milked to death. But I was... I had a mixed views. Obviously, it was very cheesy. Um, yeah. It was very camp. And I laughed way more than than maybe they would have wanted. I think it is quite tongue-in-cheek. Okay. Like, the tone is quite campy. Because I was giggling with you, mm. but didn't feel like we were laughing at the film. It's more like we were laughing with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I think with some older films, you can laugh at it, whereas this was a more... Yeah, it had a nice like there's tone. obvious, like, silly visuals, like when his arms stretch out really wide. <laughs> or when, like, the tongue comes out the end of the phone. Yeah. It's kind of weird, because these kind of funny, campy elements are mixed in with, like, more serious and, like, disturbed imagery. Yeah. Like when the girl's getting torn apart and she's like being lifted onto the ceiling. That's that terrifying. Not, it's not funny. It's like suddenly it gets really terrifying. And then that's like directly like alongside these more funny yeah. moments. And it's really strange. It was a bit of a... It, it's nice though because obviously with the horror genre there there seemed to be a lot of... I don't want to use the term lazy but very cliche. Um, like house at the end of the street, family move in and it's haunted. What I liked about this film was that it kind of it was different from just your your average scary killer because yeah. of the whole. Gi- now, if those who haven't watched it, it's kind of focused on dreams as well. It being the fact that Freddy Krueger can or the villain can only attack you when you sleep, which I really like yeah. that idea. As much as I love Halloween, it's not like the standard killer just trying to slice people up. The scary part about a Nightmare on Elm Street is that you can't sleep. It's not necessarily Freddy that's the scary part. It's the idea that you can't take refuge in a good night of sleep. And the mental deterioration of the main character, Nancy, throughout the film 
it's quite disturbing because you see her slowly lose her mind because she can't get a wink of sleep, terrified that she'll be murdered definitely. within her dreams. And that's the s- scary aspect. Yeah, definitely. If I had uh, a criticism, it would be that, and they probably wouldn't have done this, I just wanted to explore a bit more about Freddy Krueger's motives just to understand him as a character a bit more. Yeah, I think they gave enough backstory. I don't want to spoil anything, but obviously there's some history with the parents in their relation to Freddy. Yeah. And I think they gave just enough because I think the mystery angle is a lot more appealing than if they just show everything. everything. Yeah, it was difficult to watch it at times because my cat's called Freddy and a lot of the time they go, Freddy, no! And it's just like, <laughs> oh, Freddy. Um, the completely different yeah. ends of the spectrum. <laughs> a killer cat on the loose. Is there any other kind of classic horror films that you wanted to, to touch on last minute? I'll obviously watch Halloween on Halloween. <laughs> the 1978, I think, John Carpenter film. Very iconic killer in Michael Myers. I think the, the fear of Mike Myers has been kind of milk dry over the years because the more films you have of him, the less scary he becomes. And I think we're on like, six or seven films now there's a sequel coming out recently called halloween kills yeah so that's kind of ruined the mystery surrounding him but the original film is obviously iconic very stripped down not as cheesy as a nightmare on elm street quite serious and bleak showing how violence and evil can just be epitomized in like one person I was going to ask you, what do you think uh, is the scariest aspect of a killer in films? I think it's just exploring what would make someone do something like that to someone else. Just like, what would it take for you to want to kill someone? And just that, that disconnect between you and the killer. Like, you can't relate to them on any human level because they're just so mentally disturbed. If there's a chance that you can either talk with yeah. a person or understand a bit more. Then yeah, you'd probably I think he's trying to find empathy in these killers, which you obviously can't. Like, you couldn't sit down and talk to them, like, say, why are you killing? Because they're, <laughs> they're just off the edge of, like, human values. Mm. They're just an undeniable force of evil. Films like that, uh, where they have, they clearly document just people... Well, you know, rather than the supernatural or aliens, it's just documenting what people can do to people. I can think of a few, few examples. So Stephen King's The Mist has a scene when they're in the supermarket. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it now. Oh, okay. I won't go into too much, but it's it's just where people are worried that other people might be dangerous and then take it upon themselves as a group to push that person out or to, to hurt that person based on very little evidence. Or I could be, you know, I go back to Hostel whereby, this is a bit outlandish, but people are paying a um, an establishment, an institution to bring other people in so that they can torture them and now i don't think that's necessarily going on or has happened but the the torturing side has so when i'm watching things like that as much as i know it's a film i can't help but think wow this has actually happened yeah to someone it, it films like that but basically what i'm trying to say are, are scarier than supernatural like, yeah it depends on what you find scary really because mm. as you said i find those more grounded films scarier like i saw the devil where these kind of serial psychotic killers are out there. Like, you know, they exist in the world and hopefully you don't bump into them at some point, <laughs> but it could happen. Rather than something like The Conjuring, 
which I know it's tr- it says it's based in true story, but it's not. Where it's there's, very far there's like supernatural entities where you're like, that's never gonna happen to me, so I don't need to worry about that. I can just like forget about it. I I, I really like the Conjuring, but what's scary about it isn't necessarily the the supernatural being it's what happens and like the doors closing but then if i was if i was in a house and like i don't know a door was moving or i don't know there was there was sound unknown sounds i kind of just go to sleep i don't know sometimes i watch <laughs> yeah, these films think, it's like a door closes and they suddenly know that there's something dodgy going on yeah like, how would you know that a yeah. door's just closed you don't need to start getting spooked out couldn't be a couldn't have been a bit of wind or something but yeah, I mean, there's our little Halloween Halloween segment. I think if you're going out, dress up as, as best you can. I might be <laughs> going out this Halloween back home, uh, dressing up as the two Little Britain characters because my friend's broken his ankle um, or foot and he wants to be in the wheelchair <laughs> and he wants me to dress up as a guy who pushes nice. him around. Yeah, so definitely dress up. But if you yeah. don't go out or if you have a few days before Halloween... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, smack on these films. Smack on these films. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to just like know your limits. Don't watch something that you think will spook you. Like out. Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, if if you don't like horror films, stick Hotel Transylvania on. Nice. And if you've got the stomach for it, I saw the devil. There we go. And uh, I'm probably clutching at straws, but obviously Bonfire Nights uh, the week after. Is there, <laughs> is there any films you can referend that Bonfire have fireworks night. or go uh, out with a bang? A bit of a stretch. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Could you even think of a fireworks scene? I mean, in Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, there's the famous dragon fireworks. <laughs> Harry Potter, yeah, there's the fireworks. Yeah, just watch that dragon. one scene alone. And <laughs> then you've ticked the box. I don't think there are any. I no. can just think of the Katy Perry song. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, just sit in front of a blank screen and repeat that. I think just any autumnal films. Oh, I was going to recommend Over the Garden Wall as well. Which really like invokes Halloween for me. Not because of the subject matter, but it's very autumnal. It's set in that kind of time of the year. And it has a bit of a creepy edge. It's a family-like series, but it's also bit more mature as well great songs in it very enduring characters and yeah it's in- honestly it's incredible i think that you have to give this one a chance i'm not the, the biggest fan of animated tv but saying that fell in love with it so it's, it's, it's one season it's 10 episodes 10 minutes per episode the music is incredible i i would definitely advise you to check it out um, yeah, and there's possible. an episode in which pumpkins literally come to life, which is nothing more Halloweeny than pumpkins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's got it's really got that autumn Halloween feel, hasn't it? Yeah, I I never watch it any part of the year apart from autumn. Yeah, it just feels wrong. There we go. So that's over the garden wall for those who want to check that out. So uh, thanks for joining us on this spooky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> spooky occasion um it's not been that scary as it was sitting in a brightly lit studio but yeah no it's been good to to chat about halloween films and kind of get excited for this time of the year yeah cool thanks for being on the show